Hello, good morning. Welcome to Her to Encourage, where we enrich, uplift, and embolden women just like you. So I'm super excited because this past weekend, I got a chance and the opportunity to speak in front of other special needs parents as a special needs parent myself. And I had a great experience. I was honestly grateful and honored that someone even asked me to do so because one of the things I always want to do is to be an advocate, not only for my child, but also the special needs community and the medically fragile community. And I feel like this was a stepping stone in the right direction. So since you all couldn't be there at the time, um, I did have my mother record a portion of the speech and I'm going to try to upload it here so you guys can listen to what I talked about. I think that it can help anyone who is going through it, whether your child has a rare genetic disorder like mine, whether your child has autism, whether your child um, is medically fragile like mine. I think that this would be beneficial for anyone. So I'm going to play this for you now, and I hope you enjoy. So maybe even getting dressed, putting shoes on your kids, and getting here tonight is a challenge. So the fact that you made it here today makes you amazing. Now, let me tell you something about everybody in this room. Whether you feel like it or not, it takes a level of persistence and resilience to live this out each and every day with your special needs or medically fragile children. So kudos to all of you that are here tonight. I also want to thank Miss Vanessa for asking me to come out and speak today. And I'm also thankful for my mom and all of you that are here. Now you might say, well, who are you? I don't even know you. Well, my name is Talita Prater. I am a mom. I'm a wife. I'm an educator. I'm also a child of God. And best of all, I am a mom of a special needs and medically fragile child. Now, I have two children. My oldest is seven years old. He loves, absolutely loves cars and his dad. Now, let me tell you this. He does love me too, but oh my gosh, he's his daddy's twin. Okay? And then my three-year-old, his name is Aiden. He has a rare genetic disorder called bosch boonstrashaft Optic Atrophy Syndrome. It took me about three months to figure out how to say that and how to spell it, but I will tell you that I'm not the type of person that Google special needs and is up here before you. Um, just to tell you some information that I don't really know personally. I know how it feels to have many appointments, many doctor's visits, many specialist visits. Many of you guys, your kids have gone through many procedures, and it is exhausting. But I want to tell you, I get you. Everybody in this room, maybe our children have different diagnoses, totally get where you're coming from. Alright, so Miss Vanessa told me that today our theme was Christmas Carnival Cruise. Now, raise your hand if you've ever been on a cruise. Has anybody in this room been on a cruise? Okay, I got a couple people that have been. Okay, well, if you haven't, whenever your money and your life align with each other, and I know sometimes it feels like it will never align, but you definitely should go because it's enjoyable. But if you haven't been on a cruise, I want you to picture this with me. So when you first go on a cruise, you have to have your identification with you to verify who you are. Then you go through customs, they check every nook and cranny of your body and also 
of your luggage to make sure you're not a danger to anyone on board. So once you make it through that point, you're like, phew! Now we're on my destination to Jamaica or the Bahamas or Cozumel, Mexico. But that's not the best part. So the best part is when you go to the top deck and you see the sun beaming down on your face, you have the wind blowing through your hair, and the waves are gently crashing against the side of the ship. And then all of a sudden, as you look out over the water, the ship begins to move. When it is your first cruise, that is the best part. It's not getting to your destination, but it's enjoying the destination. And so my goal for you tonight is to give you three tips that have helped me to enjoy this special needs and medically fragile journey. All right, so with that being said, tip number one that has helped me to enjoy this journey is A, trust your captain. Number one, trust your captain. Now, when you're out over the water, and at first, you know, you see the buildings at the port, and you see people that are waving to the ship as you go by, but after you ride for long enough, all of a sudden you notice something has changed. So you look and you realize, wait a minute, I don't see anything. There's nothing but water. And so all of that excitement that you had at first, all of a sudden you start to feel fear. You start to feel anxiety. You might feel a little lonely because you go, well, what if there's an emergency? It's not like the ambulance can drive out here. Or what if I need my mom? I don't know if my child got Verizon, love Verizon, but even their towers don't work out over open water. And you feel that panic. And it's much like the special needs journey. When we're out here, sometimes you feel alone because your kids have diagnoses that, frankly, they scare you. You have to do a lot of learning. You have to do a lot of praying. And it can be very lonely out here. But I will tell you, when you feel those feelings, what you don't do is go to the captain and say, Hey, what are we doing out here? Why did you bring me out here? I don't know what's going on. You know why you don't do that? It's because, you know, deep down inside, that captain has more experience learning how the ship works, learning navigation, learning geography than everybody on the ship. And not to mention, that particular captain has actually taken that trip, whether it's to Jamaica or Mexico or to the Bahamas, he has taken that trip probably more in the last year then you and your family will go in a lifetime. So you trust his judgment. So just like we trust that captain on that ship, you have to trust your captain, which is God. Okay? So there's this scripture in Proverbs 3 and 5. And many of you probably have heard it, probably memorized it. All of this, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now you might say, why should I trust God? My life is in shambles. If you were like me, when I got pregnant, I was so excited. I was like, whoo, second healthy kid can't wait. And then when I gave birth to him, it was not what I expected. And it threw me off. I was like, God, what, did I do something wrong? Did I say the wrong thing to somebody? What happened? But I learned to trust him over time. So I'll give you a perfect example of how I trusted God and how I still do. So my three-year-old, like I said, he has a rare genetic disorder. Part of that is epilepsy, so he does have seizures. He also has hypotonia, which means at this point, he's unable to walk, he's nonverbal, he cannot talk, and he has a feeding tube. So he would have seizures sometimes. We have medication for that. But one night, 
I went in to wake him up. He would not move. So I thought, okay, now maybe he's really tired. So I kind of shook him a little bit. Aiden, Aiden, wake up. No. So then I said, okay, okay. Maybe if I play his favorite toys, favorite music, he'll get up. Not a thing. And it was at that moment, your mom didn't think, your dad didn't think, grandparents didn't think, kicked in. I said, something is terribly wrong. So I called the nurse. She said, go to the hospital. And even though I love Upson Regional, because my kid is so medically fragile, we always have to go to CHOA. Raise your hand if you have to take your kid to CHOA for appointments. Okay, there are my CHOA people in the house. Awesome. And I drove to CHOA, and I sobbed all the way there. Because days prior, I had a dream that my child was on life support, and that my mom and I went to visit him. So I cried, and when I got there, I thought, he's going to be fine. Because you know your kids, if they have symptoms at home, when they get to the doctor, they're like, ta-da, I'm magically better. And you're like, I promise, doctor, I saw this at the house. But when we got there, he still didn't wake up. Nurses shook him. They did everything they could to wake him. And they even came and took his vitals. Now, when the nurse took his temperature the first time, she was like, huh. She didn't say any words. And then it kicked in, like, wait a minute. If the nurse is saying, hmm, something's wrong. So she takes it again. She's like, maybe it's the thermometer. It's the thermometer. I'll go get another. When I got another one, took a temperature again. She was like, oh. Um, and I said, is something wrong? Is his temperature, is it too low? Is it too high? She was like, uh, it's a little low. But we'll take it one more time. Take it the third time. Still nothing. So they told me, throw some blankets on him. You lay next to him. Try to warm him up. And I did my best. But I noticed in my child, he started to turn pale. His lips started changing color. And when I touched him, he felt cool to the touch. And they came in, the doctor, and he said, we're going to move him to ICU. Now, if your child has ever had to go to ICU, you panic. Because when I was a kid, I learned that ICU was a step between you're really sick and potentially you might not walk out of the hospital. So I had to think about it and I said, God, he once gave me a dream that my child was standing and walking. And I thought, if you gave me this dream, how is it that I might walk out of here today without my child? So I had to play you version, y'all. I tried to pray, but it was so bad. I was sobbing. I couldn't hold myself together. And finally, I said, God, I'm just going to trust you. So they moved us to ICU. And eventually, my son woke up. But before he did, because I didn't think that he was going to, I took a picture of him. He was in his gown, and he looked angelic. And I thought to myself, this kid, I might have to take this picture and put it on his obituary. And that was a hard pill to swallow. But thankfully, he woke up. And because he did, I still have my child now at three years old. So I want to tell you, I'm not saying trust God, okay, Pat, go back, going about your day. I had to trust him personally because he can give you things that your friends and family can't give you. In that moment, he gave me comfort. In that moment, he gave me peace. In that moment, he gave me joy. And he can give all of the same to you. So number one, the tip, trust your captain. I want you guys to say, trust your captain. Trust your captain. Very good. All right, step two to enjoy this journey is you can prepare for emergencies, but do not live in emergency mode. So raise your hand if you have an emergency bag in your car or maybe in here. If your kid has seizures, 
Or maybe you have a sensory bag because you know that if you need to drop them off at grandma's house, then you don't want them to fall apart in the grocery store. Most of us prepare for those emergencies, but we don't prepare for an emotional emergency. So a couple things that will help with that is number one, make sure you use your local resources. So we have people here, now I'm a general educator, they're special ed educators who will do everything in the world for you to support you emotionally. We have Miss Laura McSwain. Who knows Miss Laura McSwain or has had dealings with her? All right, she helps parents who have kids with disabilities. The second thing is, maybe you haven't used your local resources. Now that everything's virtual, go online. Now with my child's particular diagnosis, only about 100 people in the world were diagnosed with it at that time. So that means if I walked out and said, hey, who has a kid with a rare genetic disorder called BBSOAS? Everybody would look at me like, what? I've never even heard of that before. So I decided to join a group online of individuals who had um, children who had the genetic disorder that's just like my child. And how that helps you emotionally is you as parents, when you see something new in your child, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. But when you're in a group of other individuals who have children with similar disabilities, they're able to put things in perspective. They're able to say, what? You can't figure that out? Let me help you out. Use some music. Use this. Use that. So use your resources. Second thing is, do not live in emergency mode. Because I know most of you, when you got a diagnosis, you guys probably were like me. I would come home and I would sob. All day, I would go to everybody, hello, how are you doing? You have a good day? Oh my gosh, are you doing well? How's your family? And as soon as I walked in the door, all the weight of being a special needs parent was down upon me and I cried and sobbed. Some days I couldn't get out of the bed. Some days I just thought, you know what? I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just going to walk out. I'm going to go somewhere else. And you may have felt the same, but make sure you don't live in emergency mode because your family needs you. Your kids need you. And much like you guys know, nobody's going to take care of these sweet children in this room like you guys. Nobody. So you need to make sure you take care of your mental health and also your physical health. All right, the third and last thing you need to do to enjoy this journey is basically to have fun. Now, I know that's kind of hard because some of us might need therapy. Therapy's okay. Okay? For me, I decided to start writing. So I have a blog that I created called epi-mom.com. And on that particular blog, I give free advice to parents who have kids with epilepsy, who have kids with g who have kids with all kinds of disorders, because I wanted to give back to this community. The other thing I did was I created a journal, and I want Ms. Vanessa to give this out to someone here, called Just For You, a journal for the special needs mom. Now, I like to write, I like to doodle, and I figured sometimes it's therapeutic to write, so I made this for other parents. Now, maybe you don't like to write. Maybe you don't like that. Well, maybe you need to go hunting, or fishing, or hiking, or maybe you like to hit the weights, and that's your way to relax. But you have to carve out some time for yourself. If you can't carve out an hour because you need to have your hands on your kid, that's okay. Try 30 minutes. Can't do 30 minutes because you're like, oh my gosh, we have three therapy appointments today. They got a procedure today. I can't do it. All right, fine. Give yourself at least five minutes because I will tell you in my experience, it is very difficult to enjoy this journey when you're exhausted and you're burned out. You can't have any fun. So remember these three things. Number one, repeat after me. 
Trust your captain. Trust my captain. Oh, look at the kids. I love y'all. All right, number two. Prepare for emergencies. Prepare for emergencies. But don't live in emergency mode. Very good. The last tip is to enjoy the journey. Very good. So I hope I said something today that helped some of you that are in this room or that inspired you. Thank you so much for having me today. And I hope you guys all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, okay? Thank you guys. Thank you. All right, now that you've had a chance to listen to the speech, hey, go apply it. And as you go apply it, make sure you do so in strength and in dignity. Have a great day.